It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Summer League is done, so let's look back and see how these guys did. Will any of them actually contribute this season? And Grant Williams admitted to being unprofessional at the end of his time in Boston. Okay, let's figure that out right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day, Monday through Friday. So why don't you open up your favorite podcasting app, hit subscribe if you're a newbie, and get the show dropped directly to your device. All you everydayers, love that you're here on a regular basis making the show part of your daily routine. Hop into that YouTube comment section. Let me know what you think about the show, about these topics, about us uh, and uh, ring the bell there. Get notified when we drop a new video. I'm John Corrales. I used to play once upon a time. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. Today, getting into Grant Williams, who admitted in a recent article that he was unprofessional at the end of his time in Boston. It's just an interesting comment, and we'll try to unpack that in a few minutes. But let's take some time to talk about Summer League. And to do that, I got my guy, Tom hey. Westerholm. What up? Uh, how's it going, Tom? I'm, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to podcast. You I'm are ready, ready to, to podcast. I'm ready to do a podcast. Let's go. I am. I'm ready to do a baking show. I was ready okay. to make some oh. fine tarts with strawberries <laughs> and creams and stuff. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> to disappoint you, but like, all right, yeah, fine, fine. I'll pivot. I'll pivot. We'll do a podcast. We'll just do a basketball podcast here. Uh, the Celtics summer league. Uh, they won a couple of games. They lost a few games. Uh, oh, boohoo. They lost a few games. All right. Uh, but the, which is the goal, right? The goal is to have an actual crappy summer league team. Cause that means you're good and you don't have a lot of high end talents on your right. team. You, right. you don't want to be the Houston Rockets and, and have like, Oh yeah, look at all of these great players that we have on our team because everybody's young and a high draft pick. So, yeah. Uh, so, okay. So what do we, what's your, what's your big takeaway? Your, your, 30,000 foot view having uh, watched these thrilling summer league games. I think my big takeaway is uh, Jordan Walsh. Yeah. I mean, he has to be the one, right? Kind of a guy. Like, I don't know. Interesting guy. Interesting interesting, guy. Like, interesting prospect. Like, we'll see what happens, right? Like, you never know. I mean, like, no reason, you know, like, it could have just been a hot streak, could have been whatever. Uh, But that shot, I mean, look. Looks a lot better than it did at Arkansas. Um, looks a lot more confident than it did at Arkansas. And if there's going to be a way for him to get on, you know, I, I think 
you know, I don't think we're talking about a rotation player this year, right? Obviously, I think we've talked about that pretty extensively. We're not not talking about a rotation player this year. I think if he's shooting like this right now, it pushes his window up significantly. Like, I think if you're if he's shooting like this right now, I don't think you're talking about like, hey, maybe fourth year, maybe you get lucky and maybe he can contribute. I think I mean. Yeah, you might be looking at some spot minutes here and there this season. Mm-hmm. You might be looking at some some real minutes next year when, when this roster starts to get real crazy expensive and everything starts to really hurt next year. Like, you might That's- be looking at something when you got this, this highly energetic, unbelievably long, athletic kid who, hey, if he's shooting threes, there's no reason that he can't get on the court. And yeah. I've, I've had a couple conversations with his trainer. I mean, the workouts that he's been doing are pretty wild. Like he's, he's been, he's been, he's been getting after it. Um, yeah. And you, you really saw the results. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the encouraging things to me is like, you know, everybody puts in work during the summer, right? Like everybody works and works and works. And like the fact that we are seeing results with him is, huh, that's, uh, yeah pretty interesting it is interesting it's very interesting um and you look at the overall number and it's five games it was like 11 for 27 which is just under 41 percent. so you say wow he shot 41 percent for summer league um that's pretty good small sample obviously uh but it's the number looks good i i think that that was propped up by an early hot streak yes. and a late hot streak yes and I think the streakiness is the part where I'm going to say, yes, the shooting was nice, but the streakiness tells me that he is right now a strictly a confidence shooter. He's not the guy that's just going to say, right. I don't think he thinks, oh, no problem. This next one's going to fall. Yeah. I think he keeps shooting because the Celtics have told him, you better be shooting that ball out there, which, you know, when I said going into it, that's the one thing I want to see. Jordan Walsh taking as many three-pointers as possible. I don't care if he missed all of them. Just keep on shooting and keep getting him to shoot with confidence. And, hey, if I'm if I'm 19 years old and I've got Brad Stevens and Joe Mazzula and Tony Dobbins come up to me and be like, shoot the ball, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll sure. shoot. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> shooting commenced. Um, it's like space balls. You drop to keep firing. Um, it's, uh, because it's a lockdown podcast. I couldn't finish that quote. Uh, I think the, the Celtics kind of push to get him to keep shooting in part was like, keep, we want you, this is what you're going to be as a player. Yeah. But second, a secondary thing is you're going to have to learn that you're going to miss shots and you're going to have to keep taking them because what you can't be at this next level. And we don't know what Jordan Walsh is going to be. Is he going to, is he going to develop into some untapped like megastar at some point? I doubt it, but Hey, you know, at at this point we get to, we get to fantasize about Jordan Walsh, future MVP or Hey, Jordan Walsh, uh, future, uh, you know, Philippines league all-star. I don't know. I don't know which way this is going to go, but whatever it is, he has to understand that you got to keep shooting wherever you're going to be. You're just going to have to keep shooting because you have to get into that mindset of 
This next one's going to fall. It doesn't matter that I've missed. And I think there were probably stretches where he might have not shot in summer league had he just been under normal circumstances. So the streakiness is something that uh, stands out to me in that he's capable of finding it, but it's also capable of going away. Totally. And that's something that he's ultimately obviously going to have to overcome. I do think that there's, you know, there are tweaks, little minor tweaks, you know, I got to watch him a little bit more closely, but when I was watching him at the one practice that I was able to go to before they left for Vegas, I obviously didn't go to Vegas. I'm like, I'm very curious to see how the ball comes off his hand consistently. Like I didn't like some bit of his follow through. And I'm like, I felt like there might be a little case of, is there a ring finger involved in this, this ball coming off your hand? Is that pushing the ball a little too far one way or the other? Are you, is your hand, are you releasing it? Like I got, I got to take a closer look. There might be, it's not exactly taping a ping pong paddle to Romeo Langford's hand, but there, there may be some kind of, Hey, focus on the ball coming off your, your hand this way. And when you, when you actually, turn your wrist a little bit this way you're you're shooting it better when your wrist kind of relaxes and you're shooting it off of your you know the, the three end fingers you end up missing so there's there's some kind of like little thing there that if they can fix that little tweak then i think he he actually has the potential to be a, a more consistent shooter so i all yeah. that is to say i think he has potential to be pretty good yeah, it, the the thing that his trainer told me that they worked on mechanically, there was only one thing that they really like worked extensively on mechanically, and it was the the two fingers, right? Like yeah. not not getting the ring finger involved and like you know dangling it, right? Like doing you know just like that, you know, kind of like oh great, um, so well, that's actually great because I'm glad that that confirms a little bit of what yeah. I saw. I'm not yeah, a that's, you were saying that I was like oh no that was it <laughs> that was the okay. uh, that was the thing yeah so that was that was the big mechanical thing that they worked on this summer um and you know that. Um, he, he said that like, it was very noticeable, right? It was like when he, when he was making the shots, it was, you know, like when he was really consistent, it was, you know, it was coming off his hand the right way. And when he, yeah. when he wasn't, it was, you know, that was, that, that was something, but I do think, you know, they've, um, they've definitely identified some stuff and they've definitely put in a lot of work. And I think, um, you know, you talk about the streakiness and I think that that is something he's going to have to overcome, but I do think also, you know, the, the fact that he's willing to keep taking them is such a good sign. And obviously he's getting encouraged to do it. But um, I, I just think like, like he, he's off to such a good start, right? Like you come out of Arkansas, like not just a non-shooter, like, like the ultimate non-shooter, like, like people are just like, please, I am begging you to take that shot. And you come yeah. to summer league and, and, you know, like this little bit of a confidence boost, like, Hey, the, if you're if if you're a young player, right, and you go to summer league and you knock down a bunch of shots, that tells you that you can do it, and that's a good thing, right? Like that that it that's a good building block going forward. I let's so let's see what what kind of building block, what does that lead to this year, and, and is there anybody else that we saw in the summer that will contribute? Uh, we'll talk about that next. First, today's show is brought to you by. 
prize picks, daily fantasy done the right way. Daily fantasy that you can actually enjoy because it's you and the projections. You're not playing me. You're not playing experts. You're not facing some sort of algorithm. It's you and basically any sport that you want to watch, soccer, tennis, anything, all of it. There are projections all across the board. And you pick two to six players. And if you pick the projection the right way, more or less than whatever prize picks has determined, you can win up to 25 times your money. That's it. It's you. It's the numbers. Get them right. You win. No competing against other people. All of these sports and like sports from around the world, you get basically anything that you want. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. So you would be done making your prize picks selections by the time I finished reading this ad and telling you about prize picks. Safe and fast withdrawals because you want your money quickly. And it's currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So go to prizepicks.com or the prize picks app, sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users, you get a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars with the promo code locked on. So deposit whatever you want up to a hundred dollars. Prize picks matches that exact number up to a hundred dollars. And that's only if you use the promo code locked on at sign up, you get an instant deposit match. Sign up at prizepicks.com or on the Prize Picks app. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Part of your daily routine. I'm here Monday through Friday until the end of the month. Then next month, August, we're going to drop down to three days a week. And at the end of September, back up to five days a week. So you're basically getting about six weeks of reduced content before we get back up to the five days a week. That's a lot of podcasting about the Boston Celtics, Tom Westerholm. That's a lot of podcasting. And I, well, that's a lot of podcasting. Not a lot of baking, not a lot not of baking. No, no, yeah. I, Tough hit I'm a you. terrible baker. I'm a terrible baker. I'm a better cook. Yeah. I'm baking, a pretty... Yeah. It's like, Baking is like classical music. It has to be exactly right. It's just precise. And when it, when it's all precise, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Cooking is like jazz music. You can riff. You'd be like, I'm going to, you know what? Boom. A little more salt. Oh, you know what? Give me some of that basil. Boom. Give me some of that. D- Yo, how about some lemon? Boom. Here we go. That's jazz. Maybe it's crazy. I love to cook. I love grilling. Jazz. Grilling is like the blues. Cause then it's, it's like all in like the <laughs> pentatonic blues scale, just like, just this real, like, you know, like, it's just like, yeah, I think I'm going to flip it over now. All right. There you okay. go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get back to Jordan Walsh. My, my high end for him, I'm calling him specialty minutes. And I think this year, yeah, this year I'm calling yeah, him specialty year. minutes. I think that might be part of why, they gave him that guaranteed deal. The, uh, the second, second round pick exception deal, which is basically four years, $8 million with a team option at the, in the fourth year, they believe in him, obviously. Um, 
and probably you probably get two good years out of him at that 2 million. That's going to be really, really helpful down the road. You got, you got to play that game and you know, he'll make plenty of money. I think after that, but uh, the, the, this year, this upcoming season and the following one, maybe not quite as much. We'll have to wait and see, but I think he will be capable of specialty minutes. And I mean, the minutes where uh, the Celtics have a, you know a, a defensive possession at the end of the first half, 15 seconds on the clock, and you want to throw your best defensive lineup out there, and he might be your best option uh, or, or a good option in, in an all-defense lineup. Or you're trying to, to protect a seven-point lead in the last 45 seconds, you're going offense-defense, and he might be able to give you some defensive possessions. Uh, with his length and his versatility. So I wouldn't be surprised if I saw some of that this year. But other than that, I would say my expectation is mostly Maine. And every once in a while, he'll be spotted at the end of the Celtics bench. Yeah, I think I, I could I could definitely see that. I think I might be very slightly higher on his this year projection than you are. Um, not much, though. I mean, I think specialty minutes is the right way of putting it. Like, I think you're talking about a guy who's like, foul trouble insurance and you know, that kind of thing. Like, and then yeah. like you said, yeah, like maybe like uh, um, maybe some, some spot minutes here or there um, and, and certainly some main um, I think next year, most of, I think to me, most of it depends on his, his shot and his body, right? Like yeah, how much, it. how much can you be like, we talked about the shot. I think that's going to come around if it continues to come around. Great. But I think this, the other big thing is like, okay, you're a wing, right? Like, you're going to be facing some powerful dudes like you're going to and, and you're going to be switching onto some powerful dudes and you're going to be but also you're going to be switching onto some real quick dudes. It's the NBA yeah. like, you know, sometimes you'll be facing powerful and quick dudes like, you know, it's your body has to get right. And I think, you know, he seems like a really hard worker. He seems like a guy who's certainly going to put the hours in and the attention in. Um, it's also got to put the calories in <laughs> like he's got to right. he's got to get stronger. He's got to. Um, just kind of improve that way. But if he does all that, I, I think, you know, next year, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe low end, you know, I think, I, I think the comparisons to Grant Williams are like really, really optimistic and premature. Yeah, yeah. But I also think that like, if you look at the way Grant was used this year, where it was kind of just the very bottom of the rotation, right? Just like in yeah. and out and in and out and in and out of the rotation, maybe like that's, I think the high end for him next year. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, probably. I look. I, I think one thing that he's going to benefit from uh, when we talk about being on the team with a guy like Jason Tatum, obviously, you should benefit from learning a lot of things from a guy like Jason Tatum. But Tatum came into the league with the exact same directive: eat food, eat calories, right. lift weights, um, and. The thing about Tatum is he's been able to put a lot of muscle on without changing his body type necessarily. Yeah. He's still, it, it was, it's been gradual. It's been, I think a lot more strength based and not necessarily about adding bulk. It's just about getting stronger. Right. Um, and I think he can learn from Tatum's kind of, Hey, when you were a rookie and they told you to put on weight 
for you know for the league how how did you do it what did you do how do you how do you do it without affecting your shot how do you do it without um impacting your quickness and your explosiveness and all of that stuff and i think that that's going to be where tatum helps jordan walsh in his rookie year the most yeah. um and like, walsh will get to guard him in training camp yeah. That that's going to be a lot of fun. Like that's going to be get get ready, get roasted. Talk about you know grilling. This this is going to get barbecued like crazy. Uh, but that's going to be great for him. That's exactly what he needs. But getting getting that that guidance of a meal plan, how to eat, the mistakes that Tatum made. Because remember, Tatum only in the past couple of seasons talked about got to change my diet and all of that. Yeah. Uh, so, that so was a all big of thing that is recent. That was a big thing as recently as this year, like talking yeah. about changing his diet. So he wasn't so tired. Yep. And that, that's a big thing. Um, it's very, now easy. he's got to change his diet. So he doesn't sprain his ankle in game seven. Yeah. <laughs> well, he asked that. Um, but when you're Jordan Walsh, 19 years old, super skinny, and you're told, Hey, you know what? You should probably be eating like 8,000 calories a day. It's very easy to be like, oh, great. Two large pizzas, please. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of like the wrong way to get the calories. And in the offseason, sure, you can you can kind of go nuts a little bit. But it's you, you got to make sure that you're getting your calories the right way, that your body's getting certain mixes of your proteins and carbs and all of that stuff. In a certain, you can't just be eating like, oh, yeah, I'll have five Big Macs and here we go. I need to eat the calories anyway. Yeah, because uh, that that gets you, you, you know, you're gonna you're not gonna be finishing first in those sprints by doing that. So uh, all of that stuff from Tatum is gonna be super super huge for Walsh because I really do think that Walsh comes in with a similar kind of build to that that Tatum had in the maybe not as broad shouldered, but a similar kind of build and a similar directive, and I think that that level of expertise from Tatum is going to be where Walsh kind of picks up a lot of important tips that get him to a place, the shooting and all that stuff. That's all that that'll all come. That's coaching. And that's all that, that's all going to be there. But the, uh, the, the rest of that stuff, the experience stuff that yeah. that's going to be really, really important for a guy like Tatum who went from super skinny to he's kind of a beast right now uh that's going to be important information uh we'll we'll just kind of touch on the rest of the guys who can make a contribution in just a second and we'll get into grant williams stuff the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. First, I want to say thank you to everybody for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Check out the Locked On NBA podcast. I'll be on there tomorrow, the Wednesday podcast. I host that with Jake Madison. Locked On NBA has you covered across the league. Find it wherever you found this podcast. Uh, okay, so any other guys, Tom, 
that you think are going to make any sort of contribution here uh, from the summer league? No, I mean, like, I think I'm intrigued by, I'm sorry, I remain intrigued by Davison. I, I think like when you've got that kind of like athleticism at, at that position, it's just interesting. You know, he's got like, yeah. you know, he's got good, good size and, and athleticism at that position. It's like, huh. You know, he, he makes that yeah. obscene behind the back, like wrap around pass in that, in that last game. I mean, just that was incredible. Stupid. What a pass. Like so nice. Um, you know, like, I mean, that, that was obviously great. I think the, uh, um, you know, like, Jay Scrub, I mean, sure, like I'm, I'm fascinated by his story. You know, I think when you, when, when you go back to like his Juco days, right. And, and, and you're talking about this guy who um, like looked like a, for all the world, like a lottery pick playing division, you know, play, playing uh, junior college basketball. Right. Cause he had, he had every single thing in his game. He had the three point shot, the finishing around the rim, the absurd athleticism, the great body type. Like he had all this stuff. And then, um, you know, he had all this division one interest and then he ends up, um, you know, like declaring for the draft and going late in the second round. And it's like, dang, dude, I think you maybe should have gone to that division one. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Uh, I think you should have committed to Louisville. It's like, I, th- I think maybe you should have uh, given Louisville a shot, man. Give a uh, build your profile up a little bit. But I mean, he's he's really interesting to me just because like his, his path has been so windy and such a sliding doors situation that I'm. I'm curious to see what happens with him. I, I don't think he's going to contribute to the Boston Celtics in 2023, 24, but I mean, I think he's uh he's certainly a fascinating story. I'm, I'm I hope he, uh, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be cool to see him. Uh, it, it, cool. Cool to see, see him succeed a little bit. Cause, cause he's at a, he's at a very, very odd path to the end. Yeah. Of yeah. I mean, look, it's sometimes you get bad advice. Um, and <laughs> though we'll see, I, I think scrub, I think, you know, guys like scrub champagne, have an opportunity to be like emergency scores, emergency shooter type of guy. And you never know. Look, it's, it's always weird in the NBA. Somebody goes down with a sprained ankle, Jalen pulls a hammy and you, you never know when an opportunity is just going to pop up somewhere. And all of a sudden, maybe you're Austin Reeves, you know, like th- that dude came out of nowhere and it's like, Oh damn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep this guy around. Uh, Who knows? Who knows when the right opportunity is going to present itself for any of these guys and whether they're in a position to take it. I agree. I don't think anybody else is going to make a contribution this year. I think this is a super important year for Davison. Uh, He has to show that he can handle a half court uh, point guard role uh, in the open court. He, and there's something there, right? Like I'm not taking is. crazy pills. Like there's something there. He's like there is. It's just got to be consistent. Yeah, yeah. Ju- he just has to be more consistent. And he and can't turn tough. it over. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can't have those lapses. You can't have those turnovers. You can't have that. Um, and hopefully he gets it together. But this is going to be a critical season for him. Yeah. Uh, he's got to dominate in Maine. He has to dominate in Maine. He has to learn how to be that point guard, or else. He's going to end up getting, you know, let go and he, he might get another opportunity. He could come around again in five years and be a decent point guard somewhere else. But the, the, the opportunity in Boston, Hey, you know what? You got a very short window with a team like this. 
So you're not yeah. going to get a chance to cut your teeth at the NBA level. You got to figure it out at the lower level and come in and be ready to compete against these big boys in camp and show something. And if you can't, then you can't, then you're done. And it's tough. Once you make that kind of impression on a coach, if the coach be, all of a sudden says, need to show me more kid, then you're always going to be the guy who needs to show him more. Yeah, and it's going to be a little bit tougher, you know, when they say, you know, Hey, you know, he's, he's had this run in Maine. Like, eh, I don't know. I didn't like what I saw that last time. You, you know, you get that like hesitance. So it's, it's tough. Uh, it, look, whenever you get on a coach's bad side, it can be difficult, which brings me to Grant Williams <laughs> and that whole situation. Grant Williams admitted to Adam Himmelsbach in, in a, a recent globe piece that he had a couple of weeks of being very unprofessional uh, at the end of the season. And I don't know what that means. There was no follow-up. I mean, there might've been a follow-up in the actual interview, but there's no follow-up printed uh, in the, uh, in the piece. I don't know what it was that he was unprofessional about, but I will say this, just like I was saying with, the with JD Davison. And and I said this when Grant was the, the whole talk of him was was being traded. And I think I might have said it after he was traded. You felt like Joe Mazzula was was and had some input in this because clearly there was a falling out. Clearly Mazzula just was like, no, I'm kind of done with Grant. He could yeah. tell that he said he, you know, he he kept the public face and was very good about all that stuff. But it was very obvious that he was done with Grant. He treated Grant in a way that he didn't treat other players. Grant had no margin for error. He just got pulled from lineups and never went back. He had that, I'll just never forget, the, the two bad fouls against Joel Embiid uh, when it was you know in that playoff series. We we're thinking like, okay, here comes Grant. He had just had a previous game. He was good. And you think, all right, Grant could be a difference maker in the series. He had two bad fouls. He looked kind of goofy doing it. And then, sit down, buddy. And you're like, okay, I get it. But why are you pulling him completely? I just think the unprofessional comment that he just had kind of confirms to me, like, yeah, I think Joe was just like, I am done with this dude. If you want to trade him, by all means, trade him. Yeah. That, that is what that suggests. The only pushback I have is that do remember that when Grant talks, sometimes it's a bit of a runaway train. Like, I don't know that he always, you, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? He's <laughs> talked exactly. to Grant many times. Yes, like, I try to avoid a spit take <laughs> on the YouTube. Yes, yes. It is very much a runaway train. And and so sometimes I think he's just, there, there are times where I think Grant is just kind of vibing when he's talking like he's not really you know you just gotta yeah whatever comes out comes out and then like yeah and, and so that's that's the only like i wonder i mean like i i think i think it's very likely that he was unprofessional and that joe Mazzula got sick of him and that like yeah like that tracks with everything we saw during the season I, i'd be fascinated to know like as the train was going leaving the tracks like like okay unprofessional uh what, what do you mean what do you mean yeah. unprofessional? Like, what'd you do? Like, talk about that. Was it, was it, yeah. was it the, uh, 
you know, were, was it was it all the uh, like the the dribble drives? Were you trying to do? Was it you trying to do too much? Like what? You know, were 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 you were you whiny? Like what was you know? But yeah, I, I yeah, mean, I, I would expect. I, my guess is that he was it the, was, probably, was it the, was, was it the referees? Because that was my first thought. Was like he was like unprofessional mm-hmm. with like the refs for a bit, um, because he did tamp that down. So that's one where it's like okay, there's like a very tangible, um, you know. Okay, this dude's being kind of a turd, and then you know, <laughs> like maybe, so, yeah. I, that was that was one suggestion I had. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, I'm gonna guess it was something more behind the scenes, because I don't know, may, maybe it was stuff with the the refs, maybe, but I I feel like there there might have been some behind the scenes stuff that he was kind of copping to, again. I don't know what it was, and I know I know Adam Himmelsbach certainly asked because you know yeah. he's he's good at what he does, and that's the yeah. obvious follow up. Yeah, but I'm sure that Grant was just be like, nah, 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 I'm not going to talk about that, you know, and and kind of like left it at that. Uh, but I'm very curious to see what it was. I, I just feel like his relationship with Missoula from a player coach perspective. And it was very clear in the piece that on a personal level, they seem to like each other, but from a player coach perspective, it felt like there was some kind of pushback there. Um, if anything, I'm going to say Grant probably did stuff on the court that was in full, like violation in, in direct conflict with what Joe Missoula wanted and he was just like, you know what? You're going to bench me anyway. I'm just going to do my own thing. And yeah. So I think some of maybe some of the dribble drives that you're talking about a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It just, it, it is a little bit disappointing, but also Grant's Grant's a young guy. Um, he is a good basketball player. And when you're expecting to be a, big player on uh, you know have a big role on a championship level team while you're in a contract year um i think things can you can play it can play games with your head it can play games with your head and i don't think grant is an unprofessional player i don't think grant is generally an unprofessional guy um he's always been a good guy uh, overly good. Like, like, yeah. you know, like it doesn't make sense that he would be that way. Um, so I just feel like all the circumstances probably got to him. And if anything, it's a good learning experience, but it probably cost him a chance to be part of the Celtics. Um, I don't know if, if, if he wasn't unprofessional, if he would still be here or not, but I do feel like the Celtics had an opportunity to keep him around a little bit longer and try to figure it out. And instead they just said, Nope, we're going to, we're going to give him away. We're going to give him away and we'll just, we'll, we'll play our financial games. Now. I didn't think they needed to play their financial games this summer. I think they could have done it next summer a little bit more earnestly. Maybe this had a role. I don't know, but kind of, kind of tough to hear. And, you know, Hey, moving on, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, like, like you said, it was always 
you know, always seemed like an overly good guy. It's just like at this point, I think everybody, honestly, it, it feels like one of those, one of those breakups that's like, okay, this needed to happen. This, yeah. uh, hopefully it's, hopefully it's good for every party, uh, every party involved. Cause <laughs> come back yeah. 10 years later and be like, Oh, I was such a different person back then. Uh, totally. sorry for being a jerk, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, not that I speak from experience or anything. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks, uh, Tom Westerholm, for hopping on once again. Appreciate, appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. And thank you all for listening, for being a part of the program, for making this show part of your daily routine, and for uh, subscribing. If you're new, you can subscribe on your favorite app. You can subscribe on YouTube. Hop into the comment section. Send us a note. Let me know what you think. And if you're an everyday or if you are just here Monday through Friday, then I would love it if you took the next step and share the podcast. Tell your friends, tell everybody that you see, yell it from the car windows, driving down sterile drive. Now, don't do that. Don't do that. That's dangerous. But like on Beacon Street at a stoplight or something like that, that'd be cool. Tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. A Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.